Band of Christian Brothers. Hello and welcome to Band of Christian Brothers program, where men are emboldened to grow in faith and virtue, ultimately to become the man that God is calling to be. I'm your host, David Gilbert, and today we'll be talking about the dangers of being lonely, the need for brotherhood, and the importance of it for our own personal and spiritual well-being, and we'll round things out with you can how to be a part of Band of Christian Brothers. And in the studio with me is the Josh Chesney. Josh, how you doing? Not too bad. You doing all right? I am doing well. I am doing well. It's uh, it's a beautiful day. God is good. All the time? Yeah, all the time, every time. So in case you've missed some of our uh, past week's episodes, you could find us on Band of Christian Brothers online at bandofchristianbrothers.com, or you could uh, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And if you do that and you listen and you like what you hear, please take the time to leave us a review or to reach out to us either on the website or social media to uh, let us know what you think. Exactly. All right, so before we begin, let's uh, say a prayer. Are you ready? Always. All right. In the name of the Father, Son, Son the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together. Please bless this time, our words, and all those who are listening. May we all see each other as brothers in you. Amen. In the name Amen. of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So the other day, uh, a friend of mine sent uh, an article to me, and the headline read, The biggest threat facing middle-aged men isn't smoking or obesity. It is loneliness. I'm sorry, what? It is loneliness. <laughs> wow, I, I okay. Was, I was taken aback by it. So uh, it, caught, it caught my attention, so I, I started reading. So the essence of the article, though, was that you know there's all these sorts of evidence out there about how men, as they age they lose their friendships. You know, they let their relationships lapse. That because of that, all sorts of problems uh, can arise and have ter- a terrible impact on their health. Um, I think just as you get older, you have less time for things that don't add value to your life. I, well, think, you just, I think you just become uh, more, uh, what's the word, intolerant to that type of thing. So if you have a friend who's just kind of loosey-goosey and kind of mostly just waste your time, you're just like, yeah, I don't need to hang out with you anymore. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. I, I had a hard time uh, understanding this, but apparently there's a lot of data on the health effects uh, of being lonely. Um, so let's go into it a little bit. So right. the apparent, according to this article, uh, the Surgeon General of the United States has said many times uh, in recent years that the most prevalent health issue in the country is not cancer or health disease or obesity. It is isolation. <laughs> this this sounds like a complete. This is this is one of the things that does not get the media's attention. No, we but, talk about but the, obesity, but yeah. not anything else. But at the same time, I mean, they say there's all this data, yet they barely source any, and they give no reference to where that source actually came from. Right? So okay, say, so you can dismiss the entire article. Well, he do, unless it's poor writing and he didn't source it. But I mean, it's coming from the Boston Globe. But so one of the points was. You know, loneliness has been linked to an increase in risk of cardiovascular disease and stroke and the progression of Alzheimer's. One study found that it can also be a long-term risk, uh, much worse of a long-term risk factor as smoking. Another study said that those who fall into the categories of loneliness, isolation, or even simply living on their own uh, see their risk of premature death rise 26 to 32%. 
So according to this information, though, being lonely is not good for your health. What I was surprised to see, though, is that depression or suicide was not in there, uh, where typically those who are isolated, depression and uh, suicide are usually present, or at least that's what I thought. I think we can also see that uh, a lot of these studies, or we can draw these parallels from um, uh, older folks and people in nursing homes. Like There are a lot of studies are referenced, and you do see that in the media about, you know, People who don't get visited by their family when they're in a nursing home kind of slowly start to drift away. And all of a sudden, while their mental health might not be great, Alzheimer's really does take its effect and then downhill from there. Yeah, oh, true. But I mean, is it because of loneliness or is it lack of you know using your brain and mental capacity and working out, out that, uh, that muscle, right? Again, if you're talking about loneliness, it doesn't matter which stage of life you're in. It's going to have its effect somehow. I guess, but I mean, worse than, you know, cardiovascular disease or obesity or smoking. So anyways, the article continues and the uh, author says, there are all those other good friends who feel as if they're still in my life because we keep tabs on one another via social media. But as I ran down the list of those who I'd consider real, true, lifelong friends, I realized that it had been years since I've seen many of them, even decades for a few. You know, I can kind of feel for the guy because the guys I hung out with in high school I thought were going to be my best friends forever type of a deal that we would always be friends. But shortly after graduating from college and getting that first job and moving away, that was it. I haven't heard from them at all. Yeah. Well, I've, I felt this is something that um, is a big issue with social media. You know, so many people are connected, but no one is connecting. There's no real connection. You know, uh, social media gives us the impression that we're all maintaining our relationships with others. But in reality, there's no new memories being created, right? And those bonds that uh, you know are strengthened or human interaction that we all crave, and we do crave it since you know God made us as social beings. And social media's success, even though it's a cheap knockoff, is that it gives the impression that we are engaging and connecting with others. And I cannot tell you like how many times I found out about things about my family on social media or other friends uh, before in person or, you know, invitations to major events like birthday parties or other things. Um, You know, they're posted online instead of, you know, a phone call or meeting in person for a coffee and and talking about it. Sorry, I was trying to think of what you wanted to hear from people in person as opposed to, I mean, you know, I prefer to hear bad news in person. Good news? Yeah, you can send me a text. You could, you know reach out to me in, in, in any platform it's it's fine with me but then again i'm also huge on technology i'm like i don't actually want to talk to people yeah but <laughs> birth, birthday in, invitations you know jo- job job promotions you know finding a new house and then all of a sudden you're at a family gathering or you're with friends at, at a at a social gathering and they're kind of looking at you like you didn't know that already like i posted it on facebook I I think that actually stems back to how we're communicating now as a society, you know, where it's like, okay, rather than greet you in person, rather than write you a letter, I'm going to just broadcast this on social. True. But again, going back to the point, though, I think social media, as much as it gives off the impression that we're connecting with people, it's isolating us. Absolutely. Right? We don't have that human connection, so that's that's where I'm going with it anyways. No, I uh, I'm in total agreement with you. It is it is a cheap knockoff to actual human interaction. Mm-hmm. 
So the author goes on to say, and this is this is something that I think a lot of us men can uh, can relate to in terms of the daily grind. He he states during the week, much of my waking life revolves around work. Much of mm-hmm. every much of everything else revolves around my kids. I spend a lot of time asking them where their shoes are, and they spend a lot of time <laughs> asking me when they can have some data time. We can usually squeeze in an hour of data time before bed, mostly wrestling or reading books, and so the real data time happens on weekends. That's my promise. I have to go to work, but this weekend I can tell them we can have data time. And I'm pretty good about squeezing in an hour of me time each day, lucky him, uh, for exercise, which he usually mean, which usually means getting up before dawn to go to the gym or for a run. But when everything adds up, there is no real friend time left, end quote. So I could totally relate. Uh, to the day-to-day grind and you know wanting to spend time with your kids and the weekend is is when you do that however there's no mention about him spending time with his wife or working on his marriage and this is important you know it's so easy to get caught up with work and the kids and their sports schedules but if your relationship with your wife is not right then nothing is your marriage is your primary vocation and it's also a means to which we work out our salvation yeah, I can I can see the real struggle coming from that. Like, if you're not, if you're so caught up in just the everyday of you know doing stuff with the kids, I mean, it takes so much time. How much time do you spend looking for shoes and and uh, folding laundry and all these types of things? Where if you're not sharing that responsibility with your spouse and uh, doing these things, when are you fitting in your time to ask them how their day is and? Like and get the real answer as opposed to my day was great, dear, at the dinner table. Meanwhile, at when you ask again a second time, because you know it wasn't a good day, where you actually get that real feedback. Yeah. Well, I just think that his priority is a little bit out off, right? He talks about his kids. God bless him for that. But no mention about his his wife or his marriage, right? And we as Christian men are called to love and serve our, our wives. You know, we need to die to ourselves and sacrifice for our wives. This is the model that Christ gave us to love, serve, and sacrifice. So as far as the article is concerned, you know, I just hear about this guy complaining that he doesn't have this friend time, um, you know, uh, but for heaven's sakes, he, he even says he gets me time every day. I don't even get that. Dave, do you ever just kind of get the impression that in this modern day world we're uh, over complicating things uh and this is just a byproduct of trying to have it all what do you mean by trying to have it all Uh, well i mean like uh trying to uh you know you're working hard so you can have this these material things get that promotion get that new car uh have more than two thousand square feet of of living space you know and then have this grandiose life where you get to go on vacations and you get a you know you're trying to have everything uh, I guess you could say that. I mean, he's trying to have me time, daddy time, and he's working all the time. So now he wants time with his buddies. Um, but again, I mean, I I go back to the to what screams out at me is what he's not saying, which is you know his marriage and things like that. But I definitely think that's uh, a part of also too just our culture where we're more focused on the individual and our own needs rather than you know others, right? So yeah, I can I can agree with that one. All right. So going on with the article, though, it says this doctor, I forget what the doctor's name was, but it says when people with children become overscheduled, they don't shortchange their children 
they shortchange their friendships. And the public health dangers of that are incredibly clear. Um, I'm not sure if they are clear for a married middle-aged man, (laughs) but I'm happy to hear at least there is a priority of being a father first before friends with this author. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, going on with the, the article, it says, you know, I have family all around me all the time, or I'm around friends, quote unquote, at work or elsewhere. I comment on their Facebook posts. They comment on mine. My wife and I also have other couples we like and see often. It's easy to fall into this trap of believing that it's all good enough. And for many men, it is. That's it? That's where the article ends? Are we just supposed to draw our own conclusions there? Well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, so after laying out and lamenting about how stuck in the daily grind of work and fulfilling your duties as a father and the dangers of being lonely, which he equates to not having close friends, he shares his current friendship situation and then admits it's okay. But he isn't satisfied with that. I mean, come on. Like Now, before we get into the points that I think are very important in terms of brotherhood and what it truly is good for us, the reason why I also just wanted to focus on some of the errors in this author's viewpoint is that, let's face it, you know, we live in a world and sometimes we just get caught up in it. You know, it's easy for us to fall into this me trap. Our society is all about the individual and their self-interests in the pursuit of being happy and fulfilled. However, I believe up until this point, this article, this guy is looking in all the wrong places and is using this extensive data, quote-unquote, to justify his need or desire to hang out with his buddies. Yes, there's value in friendships. However, his lamenting on his current state in life due to his vocation, being married and a father, and work... Then using these studies to back up his desire to hang out with his buddies just comes across as selfish and just the wrong approach to this issue. I, I can't really disagree with that. I mean, when I think of all the things that I have to do, and I think of all the the my vocation and, and the things that, like, it's important to spend time with your wife and spend time with your kids and invest in those relationships, at the end of the day, there is only so many hours. Like, you can't give more time than time actually exists oh exactly right but at the same time i just think he's looking all in the wrong places and he's approaching this i think from from the wrong wrong perspective i i can agree with that one all right well since we agree why don't we agree on taking a break so we'll be back right at you after this you're listening to band of christian brothers you could check us out on bandofchristianbrothers.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter. I'm Gilbert Speaker. Josh? Uh, Redbeard, something or other. Brother Redbeard. I'm Brother Redbeard, that's right. You love that name. I do. So before the break, we were talking about this extensive data, quote-unquote, um, of this author of this article, and he's making the health, you know, the making the argument of the health risks of being lonely because he doesn't hang out with his guys. Um so there's a lot of talk about with friends. So Josh, I want to, you know, kind of rewind a bit. And, you know, since we were talking a lot about friends, what does it mean to you to be a, a friend or what is it, what has to take place before you consider someone a friend? Is it, I like you, you like me. And is that enough? Well, that's how friendships start. It's just kind of weird. You're like, Hey, I like this person. We should hang out. But then you develop something a little bit deeper. At least I hope. I mean, uh, I think of it in terms of uh, your various tiers you have with your cable packages. Uh, you know, you have your level one friends and, you know, this is just that mutual liking. And you just kind of hang out. You have those good times. 
And then you have your, your level two friends where you have more of a mutual friendship base. Uh, maybe your friends from work or your friends from church. You know, you have more in common because uh, you're at the sim- similar age, similar stage in life, and uh, you can relate on a, a deeper level. Uh, and then you have your, your upper tier, your premium package friends. Uh, and these are the ones you can call upon when you need to hide a body. They're always there for you. You can call them day, night. They don't reschedule things. They're just there. And you bring up a good point, which is the point in the article as well. The article states, you know, men need an activity together to make and keep a bond. You know, with women, they can maintain friendships over the phone through conversations. However, with men, we're not as lengthy over the phone. We men need to go through something together. That's why, according to this article, studies have shown men tend to make their deepest friends through periods of intense engagement, like school or military service or sports. That's how many of us are comfortable. This point is very important. To ignore this is to ours and the church's detriment. There's a lack of brotherhood in the, in the Catholic community. You know, many Catholic men are isolated in this regard, where brotherhood is the title most suitably used for Christian men. Baptized into the family of God, we then are all brothers, correct? Absolutely. Exactly. So this must be our identity as Christian men, as we see ourselves and in each other. Yet, we often don't even know each other's names, or we're unable to meet others on a given Sunday, since for many Catholics, it seems to be a famous pastime of racing out to the parking lot after Mass. And this is why we need a group like Band of Christian Brothers that addresses the unique fraternal and spiritual needs of men while emboldening men to grow in faith and virtue and to, to encourage each other in this pursuit. And that's really important. Okay, Dave. So then how do we solve this problem? Is this where the Band of Christian Brothers fits in? Well, exactly. Band of Christian Brothers, it's like a group of men striving to learn and live their faith. And that is really important. You see, it's a, a proven fact that in a group of friends, everyone over time sinks to the lowest common denominator. So, for example, if all your friends drink, eat pizza, and swear, then you know, eventually you will also adopt those bad habits. So this is why it's very important to be a part of a group where the men are grounded in Christ with the purpose and resolve to be the best man that they can be. You know, ultimately, for men to realize their full potential and become the man God created them to be, which is saints. And a man who is fully aligned with God is a man fully alive. Just as St. Augustine said, our hearts are restless until they rest in you. I tend to agree with you, but I don't appreciate your pizza and beer bashing. Well, I mean, you just fight those bad eating habits. You're going to get out of shape, you know, and, and if all your other buddies are out of shape. I, I think I follow gonna, you, but I'm just you're saying. You're going like, to be the same, right? Let's, let's leave pizza out of this. Pizza is great. It is delicious. God bless the Italians. <laughs> I think it was an American thing anyway. So go, going back to the article, though, it makes the following observation. The uh, the article states, planning anything takes great initiative. And if you have to take the initiative every time you see someone, it's easy to just let it disappear. So this is why it's the best for men to forge and maintain friendships uh, is through built-in regularity, something that is always on schedule. That's why Band of Christian Brothers groups, we meet on a regular basis, whether it's once a month, twice a month, or weekly, you have that consistency in your schedule. Okay, do you want to play some rapid fire and we can get a little bit more into what uh, Band of Christian Brothers is, is all about and how it functions and all that kind of stuff? Let's do it. Okay, Dave. Here we go. Well, I feel like I'm being interviewed now. Maybe. Okay. Uh, how old is Band of Christian Brothers? And uh, 
Like How it. large is the group? All right. Well, uh, Bennett Christian Brothers, it's a growing young fraternity. It started last year, and we have now four men's groups with several others in the works. So within the next couple months, we might uh, be almost double that. So the Holy Spirit oh, wow. is definitely definitely working into it. In terms of, you know, how large is the group? I mean, that, those are the men's groups, but, you know, each group has anywhere from, uh, you know, 15 or so regular attendees, but the mailing lists, you know, some of them are, you know, 60 plus people and, you know, they come a little bit more infrequently. But again, like we were talking about before, you know, there's that regular schedule, so those men can show up and... and uh, have that that uh, brotherhood and fraternity in in Christ. All right. So, what makes the brotherhood different than, say, the parish softball team or a men's fellowship group? Okay. Well, the whole purpose is to grow in faith and virtue, and to encourage each other in this pursuit. You see, it's not enough to just learn about the faith. We need to live it, and it's the living out part that's tough. So, we need brothers there to encourage one another, to push each other, to get back up when you fall, but also too to celebrate your victories. You know, and we live by this code of honor. Now, this code of honor, it's like six guiding principles, I guess you could put it in those terms, which members of Band of Christian Brothers commit themselves to. So we make ourselves accountable to the fraternity and living out these principles. So just briefly, um, the six principles are practice of the manly virtues, which is the four cardinal virtues, which is prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance. And I believe this is vital to the formation in life of a Christian man, but any Christian. Hence why they're the cardinal virtues. The next one is protecting the dignity of women, followed by remaining in a state of grace, assuming benevolent authority, work as an expression of prayer, and spiritual leadership. Okay, I understand a fair bit about uh, the manly virtues and those types of things, but more specifically, what does it mean to protect the dignity of women? All right, so maybe maybe I should go back and and describe all the other ones. I think, you know, the four cardinal virtues are... That might be helpful, yeah. All right, so protecting the dignity of women is, you know, we choose to be protectors of women rather than predators. As St. Joseph refused to expose Mary to shame, we energetically guard the dignity and value of women. So this is not just, you know, um, dignity of women in terms of, um, you know, lust, but also to, you know, our the women in our lives, right? You know, making sure that their modesty, their chastity, you know, is being protected as well. So it's not just, you know, pornography and, and lust, it's also, you know, protecting the value and dignity of women in, in other areas. So it's a okay. lot more broad expanding. In terms of remaining in a state of grace, uh, it's of utmost importance that we maintain uh, being in a state of grace because to not be in a state of grace is to be in a state of mortal sin. So if we die in a state of mortal sin, we go to hell. So we run to the sacraments of reconciliation in the Eucharist where we repent and become renewed in the battle to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. Okay, now when people immediately hear authority, they might miss that assuming benevolent part. What is benevolent? Yeah, a lot of people think that, uh, you know, it's a, it's a negative thing. But as men, we're made in the image of the Father. So we accept our position of benevolent authority over our household. So a prime example of that is St. Joseph, where, you know, we acknowledge our hidden kingship over our family and or those he has entrusted to us. So what benevolent means is someone who is well-meaning and kindly or serving a charitable rather than profit-making purpose. So it's essentially, you know, what Christ did. It's serving. It's, it's laying down our life for others. So that's how we lead. We lead by serving. 
now this expression of prayer, your work as an expression of prayer? Yeah, I mean, well, it's a prime example. I know you, we've talked about before, you know, Jose Maria Escrava and Opus Dei, and that, that's the thing. In ordinary life is our path to holiness. So using our gifts and talents, we give glory to God through our work. So when we do outstanding work, for the, we, we give glory to God. And so for us, work is a form of prayer. Okay. I actually, that it simplifies what sometimes feels like a really complicated process. Well, yeah, exactly. So, and that's the other thing. A lot of people say, oh, well, prayer is difficult. I can't find the words or things like that. But you know what? If you start a task and you offer that task at the beginning, say, Lord, this is for you. And you use your God-given gifts to give him glory, then that's a form of prayer. Spiritual leadership. Just expand on that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit self-explanatory, but I mean, I think it's good to reinforce that, you know, we are spiritual leaders, right? We all lead by example in our words, thoughts, and actions. And by studying in the faith, because we have to know our faith either in order to have other people, you know, follow, right? We can't we can't give what we don't have. And so we need to study the faith, growing in love and in holiness. So we have to live that out in everything that we do. Okay, so... Does the Band of Christian Brothers subscribe to any particular spirituality like the Franciscans or the Benedictines, uh, or is there a particular devotion? Yes, the spirituality of Band of Christian Brothers is Eucharistic and Marian. You see, our life completely depends on our relationship with God through Jesus Christ in the church he established under Peter. In our battle with sin and evil, we embrace the cross and carry it with Jesus. This is why we, Band of Christian Brothers, regularly receive the Sacrament of Reconciliation so that we can receive all the graces of repentance. We also receive the Eucharist at least once a week by going to Mass. I mean, if you can, you know, go to Mass, you know, one extra time during the week, usually it's a Saturday morning. That's the easiest for most. All the better. But the Eucharist is very vital because we need to be nourished and strengthened with the body of Jesus Christ. And we pray the rosary daily, which is the most powerful prayer and weapon available against sin and the devil. So with these pillars of prayer, sacraments, our works achieve the will of God and contribute to the salvation of those around us. Okay, now to the brass taxes. How do you actually join the brotherhood? All right. Well, if you're interested in joining or checking out a meeting, you're always welcome to. You just go online, benachristianbrothers.com, and see if there's a group near you. Uh, and you could just show up and or contact the group leader if you have any questions. If there's no men's groups in your area, since, you know, we are new and we only have four right now, and you're interested in starting a group in the fraternity, um, we're always willing to help get you started and support you. And um, you need a minimum of three men to form your le- leadership team. You can also join the Brotherhood without being formally a part of any group. So as long as you adhere to the Code of Honor, spirituality, uh, and you are initiated. So... You know, in terms of the initiation, um, it's it's pretty simple. There's just a, a, a brief initiation rite. So it's, you know, kind of question and answer. And uh, and then you make a, an oath of fidelity. And uh, and then that's it. So and then generally you would renew that, uh, you know, every year. Okay, good. Because when you said initiation, I'm just envisioning Homer Simpson joining the stonecutters and crossing the de- desert and getting smacked in the back end with a, uh, a, a crooked paddle. Oh, uh, well, maybe for you, I'll, I'll have to... Let's not go hazing. changing things just for me. <laughs> let's, not, let's not make hazing for the bearded one. That's right. Well, on that note, uh, let's go for a break and we'll be right back. All right, and we're back talking about the importance of brotherhood and the Band of Christian Brothers Men's Fraternity and just uniting ourselves with other men uh, centered in Christ. So men, we need to get out there. 
seek other men and build that brotherhood amongst other brothers in Christ. Because it is in Christ our hunger is satisfied. And through our brothers, we're encouraged to get back up and get back into the fight. I'm, I'm reminded of the, um, the scripture passage in Proverbs, iron sharpens iron. So the brother sharpens the countenance of his, of his friend, right? So this is what this is all about, right? And if we're with other Christian brothers who are on the same journey, on the same path, we're eventually going to sharpen each other, right? We all have this competitive nature to us. Mm-hmm. And like we were saying before, when you're in a group of friends, you generally drop to the lowest common denominator. But when we're all striving in holiness and we have Christ at the center, all of us want to bring each other up. We want to build up the group rather than down. And so it's more like, you know, we're not dragged down by the lowest common denominator. We're helping each other to become the denominator, not the lowest common denominator. And so <laughs> can't you do Arnold? Really? Arnold? Well, well, no, so no, I, I get what you're trying to say. Like, if you think of it, you know, a, a lot of the themes we talk about with the band of Christian brothers are kind of military based. And in a unit, you're only as strong as your weakest link. So ideally, the team works together to build up the weaker link so that you continue to move forward. Exactly, right? But as everyone's progressing, that person who's probably the weakest link this week might be the one helping up up his brothers next week because his brothers have fallen, right? And so that's the beauty of it is that we're here for each other. We've got each other's backs. But also, too, it's not just oh, I got to pick you up because you're you're struggling and that's it. I mean, we want to focus on the positive as well. I mean, if you have all these brothers helping you out, you also want to ce- celebrate the successes, the victories. And that's the other thing. You're sharing each other's strategies. This worked for me this week. This didn't. You know, how can we help each other? This works for me. This doesn't. And, you know, it just it builds up over time, right? I mean, our our life is full of, of decisions, right? They build up over time. They, f- they form our habits, shape our characters and our lives, right? And so if we can build those and hone those in as brothers in Christ, um, you know, look out. We're, uh, you got a much better shot at uh, whatever the world uh, throws at you. Well, I, just because, you know, you and I, Dave, we're around the same age. We have uh, three little ones at home. We've, we've lived this life, but your life is completely different from what my life is. Your experiences are different. You've developed your faith in a similar but different way. You've just, on our road to heaven, we're, we're just taking the path the same way, just in a, in a kind of like a... like. Yeah, exactly. Well, we all have the same mission, right? It's exactly. Just, we, we have the same mission, but how that mission plays out uh, is different based on our vocation and state in life, right? And mm-hmm. so... It sounds like oh we'd all experience the same things, but we don't, right? And 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 so that's yeah. But that's that's the strength to the group because you've done it differently. You found something that works. I can go well, okay. Well, I'm still having a real problem with that. I can take your advice, or or uh, I can then offer you something that worked for me. You know, that there's that real that grinding that goes as as the yep. expression iron sharpens iron. Exactly. And going back to that article where it was talking about how, you know, having that common uh task or or something to unite like the military or sports or something. Well, this is what better thing than the battle for our souls and, you know, being a part of Band of Christian Brothers you're learning about the faith, but you're living it. You're, this is like you're training. You're, you're, you're honing in your, your skills and your training. So when you go back to your wife, when you go back to your work, 
when you go back to your home at, at the end of a meeting, you know, you've just finished, you know, a, a spiritual workout and you're, you know, you're a lot more fit to deal with whatever temptation or what the world or the devil throws at you. Well, if you even go back to, you know, how do you feel when you walk out of confession? Like you've gone, you know, you've humbled yourself. You know, you need to confess whatever it was. Once you've experienced that grace and you've done your penance, how much lighter do you feel? How much better do you feel and and better prepared to to deal with it again and again and again? Yep. You know, you're going to get that similar experience going to uh, a group that is yeah, well, I got a better example than that is, well, because, you know, you're not getting your sins forgiven when you're at Band of Christian Brothers meeting, but it's similar to going to the gym, right? You're working out, it's tough stuff, but when you're done, you feel great, you're pumped, you you feel stronger, and you feel like, you know, you've done something. And I don't know exactly- I don't know what going to the gym is like because that just doesn't seem like something fun for me, so no. <laughs> I like my analogy better, and uh, while no, you're not, you know, uh, uh, forgiven of your sins by going to to Band of Christian Brothers. It's that spiritual aspect. Yeah. It's that I've connected with my brothers, and I've connected yeah. to to I've connected to God in a way. Yeah, exactly. And but then the other thing too with uh, Band of Christian Brothers, and this is maybe another point to your uh, interview is a a lot of the groups are parish based. So uh, all of them so far are parish-based. There's several men's groups that are already existing that aren't, that are, are going to be joining the Brotherhood soon. But um, one of the benefits of having it in a parish is you have a lot more access to the men there. And having uh, the priest on board definitely helps. It helps the men when they see the priest at the, at the meetings. But then also, too, um, again, iron sharpens iron the men benefit from the meetings but so does the priest right and they kind of feed off each other and it's um it's it's a it's a great way of of building you know um this sense of fraternity and brotherhood you know as well as as learning the faith which i think is 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 important as the article states although you know i think your vocation is a lot more important than having some hombre time Agreed. And i'm all for any uh opportunity where you get to sit down with your priest and encourage him in his vocation yeah because i'd God bless them, every single one of them. Well, exactly, right? So, And, and they need this too, right? Because it, it's a nice break, and especially when you're around other men who take their faith seriously. Everyone's, you know, Christ wants to meet you where you are, mm-hmm. right? But he doesn't want to leave you where you are. And so that's why we brothers are there to carry each other and, and bring each other along further in that journey, right? And so that's, that's Just, another big important point. Just like the guys who tore a guy's roof off and, and lowered the uh, the paralyzed dude uh, before Jesus. No, no. It, it's not okay that you're still paralyzed. You need to see our buddy Jesus. Exactly. And it was his friend's faith that healed him. Yes. <laughs> not his own. Okay, so we're wrapping up. We're getting close to the end, Josh. So I just want to remind you men, get out there. Seek other men and build up that brotherhood amongst other brothers in Christ. Because it is in Christ our hunger is satisfied, and through our brothers, we're encouraged to get back up and get into the fight. So find those men after Mass, uh, scan the parking lot, whatever. Find those men and um, really try to build up that kind of brotherhood because it's very important. First steps. Introduce yourself and learn a name. Exactly. Learn a name. Give give your business card, send an email, whatever. Here's my here's my contact information, but but get in there, get active, 
and check out Band of Christian Brothers at bandofchristianbrothers.com if you want to join or look for another group that's existing. Also, too, if you want to start a new group, we're always here to help uh, set you guys up. So uh, definitely a lot of support and things like that um, because you know what? It's important. We men need to get more involved. We need to sharpen and hone in our faith so that we can be more effective in proclaiming the gospel, being good husbands, and ultimately becoming the man God created us to be. Amen, brother. Awesome. Well, that's it for today. So remember, iron sharpens iron. Become the man God created you to be. See you next week. God bless. Bye-bye. Later.